Welcome to NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. We're here at the Virginia Air and Space Center in Hampton, Virginia. Which is the official visitor center for NASA Langley Research Center. Which is very appropriate because we're here today to celebrate... The 40th anniversary of man landing on the moon. And also... Can I say it? Yes, absolutely. It's NASA Edge's 40th podcast. And I'm feeling very festive. Yes. Well, lots of festivities, lots of celebrations. Festivus for the rest of Festivus. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah, and, and now for the feats of strength, where I'm going to lift the Apollo 12 capsule over my head. Hey, yeah, behind us is the Apollo 12 capsule. And this is a pretty cool museum because right on the second floor is a new exploration exhibit. So if you ever get a chance to come down uh, to the Virginia Air and Space Center, come check it out. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're here to celebrate exploration in the past. Absolutely. And in fact, we have an engineering guru with us today. His name is Ed Kilgore, who Great worked guy. at NASA Langley during the Apollo days and eventually became the associate administrator at, at NASA headquarters. You know, his nickname could actually be Mr. Apollo. Yeah, that's he's, true. And he's a fix-it guy, hands-on guy. But the great thing about this is, you know how all the astronauts get the limelight? We want to kind of go behind the scenes, talk to some, you know, Ed, who was an engineer who worked on it, to kind of get nitty-gritty, the nuts sure, and bolts of absolutely. the whole program. So. Behind the scenes. That's right. And in fact, we have a celebration at the end, right? Because you're going to get a, a cake? Yes. I am going to get a cake. Um, you got the cake, right? You got the cake. Yeah, yes. yeah I've got the cake. It's, but, uh, it's, but, you know, I, I've got an errand to run. You okay. just go ahead with the interview, but I'll catch up with you. I just got to go make a few preparations. No, no biggie. Sure. No, no problem. Hey, you're watching NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Okay, I just need a, a bus schedule and some tokens, and I got to find a bakery. So, Ed, how did it feel when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin first landed on the moon? Well, first there was euphoria. You know, to me, it, it meant that this was the greatest technical achievement that man had ever had. But here was a, a technology that had been put to use uh, that far exceeded anything that had ever been done in history. And then the second thing I couldn't help but think of was that the people who did this, my friends, and a lot of them from Langley, a lot of them from Virginia Tech, were just barely out of college for a very few years. And the, the press likes to call these people a rocket scientist, but there's no such thing. These are rocket engineers. Scientists dream of things and engineers do them. They put them into hardware. And you know, looking back at my lifetime, I think this is probably the greatest time you could have chosen if I could have chosen to live. See, I was born in 1923. And since that time, almost everything that's been perfected in the way of technology has happened. And all, all these things came flooding through my head when I saw that on that little black and white TV screen at home, when I saw that, that landing on the moon. Well, especially the fact that you did it within eight years. Yeah. I mean, I think, go through that process. In eight years, you went from, 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 from paper to landing on the moon. What, what must have been that like you know, during that time? Yeah. Well, it, it was a little bit more than that because everybody suspected that one of these days we'd be doing something like this, and particularly people at Langley. And a fellow named uh, Max Faget and Cadwell Johnson were the uh, uh, designers of the Mercury, the Gemini, and the Apollo. And I walked into Faget's office one day, and there up on the, on the board, he had, had a little uh, picture of a little capsule and had a guy in a fetal position all scrunched up in there, just barely enough capsule to hold, to, to hold him. And I said, Max, what is that? He said, well, we're going over to Wallops Island and we're going to put enough solid rocket motor on there. We're going to fire this guy into space. I said, well, you know he's going to pass out, so he'll come too. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, 
things like it didn't bother people at all. <laughs> right. It didn't bother people who were going or the people who were, uh, who were planning it. Of course, he got his proposition of going to Wallops got preceded by the fact that the Mercury came along. Right. And the Mercury was just a small scaled up version of what I saw on his wall in there. And uh, then, of course, the Gemini came along. The Gemini was run by a fellow who was at, uh, at Langley. And the Gemini was done with just one thing in mind, the fact that you had to rendezvous in order to get to the moon. Right. You, you had to rendezvous once you got there. And that in itself is an interesting story. A fellow named John Hobo and uh, Michaels did calculations which showed that you could get to the moon with about a half the propulsion if you rendezvoused at the moon, and then the capsule, small capsule went off. And in order to do the lunar orbit, though, and the rendezvous, you had to perfect rendezvous, which nobody had ever done. Right. Chuck Matthews, who was at Lagley, took over the project, building the Gemini capsule and planning the mission so that you could practice rendezvous. Mm -hmm. And they practiced it, they perfected it there. So that was how the Apollo kind of got where, where it is. So Ed, what does it feel like to be part of the Apollo project from the beginning to the end, having been there the whole time? Well, as, as I said, you know, that's almost euphoria again when you think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it it's, a, it, it's something that will never happen again in my lifetime. It, it's really an amazing thing to think that it, it happened and that I was some small part of it or I got to at least observe. Now, yeah, I had an opportunity to work with some of the Apollo astronauts, especially Neil Armstrong. In fact, uh, off camera, you said that you actually shared an office with, with Neil. What was it like working with him back in the days? My office was right next to Neil's, and uh, it wasn't an hour of the day that some senator or some congressman was coming into his office with a bunch of people to get his autograph. But you're telling a story where he actually put his feet on your desk, and so you actually had a chance to see the, uh, the footprint. Yeah, well, in Washington, almost nobody leaves at quitting time because it's, it's, it's uh, gridlock down below. Right. Mm -hmm. So we would stay till about 6.30 every night, and the uh, telephone would stop ringing, and he'd come in my office. I never went to his office because everybody was always descended on but he came into my office, so that was an invitation to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would put his feet up on my desk, you know, and rear back and talk, and he'd told me some interesting things. One was, he said, I did put the A in. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for man. The second thing he told me, he says, the most interesting sight was not the uh, moon itself. So that's, that's a gray morass of rocks and uh, dust. And mm -hmm. says, but looking back at the Earth, so that is the most beautiful sight you'll ever see in your life. Wow. It's a beautiful colored marble out in space. And he said it made me realize that we've got to protect that marble in every way that we can. But in having his feet up on the desk, uh, one day I, I was sitting there kind of snickering. He said, what are you laughing at? I said, I can't ever look at your foot. I don't see that big footprint <laughs> on the moon. And when, when he left Washington, he gave me a big picture of his footprint. Going back to the beginning of the Apollo program, can you talk a little bit about the sense of urgency that you felt on, you, on yourself and the team after the Russians put Sputnik into orbit? The, the Sputnik uh, thing triggered a lot of things. As a matter of fact, it would take almost something like that now, if we talk about a Mars mission, mm -hmm. it would take almost something like that now where it looks like the Russians or somebody 
is going to outclass us uh, technically in order to make that a possibility. It was an opportunity with the uh, Apollo uh, to not only politically, but technically, to do something that would leapfrog the Russians and by, by a long shot. And of course, nobody else has ever in the world has ever done it uh, today. But there was a real sense of urgency to do this behind the scenes that uh, the Russians would plan some of this. And a matter of fact, later on, they did try uh, to uh, exceed us on the shuttle. And there, theirs was a flop, uh, I guess, fortunately. But Because uh, they didn't have engineers that went to Virginia Tech. That's true. Right. That, 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 that's, that's true. They <laughs> didn't have Hokies. Good, 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 Hokies. good, good call. <laughs> hey, I, I think we have Blair's no, back. This is perfect. Um, so I hope I'm not out of time. Um, what's, what's, um, what's this? Is happy this? four. Uh, there was a, another cupcake, but I had to give it to the bus driver. Uh, it's quite a <laughs> quite a trip. To, and to and find we were this. we were going to in celebration of you know Apollo's happy you know four. 40th anniversary yeah. and and NASA and the NASA Edge's 40th show. We were going to just give you a cake, but it, I can see that it's the a represent it's a representative cake. It's a it's a representative of a much bigger cake. Well, 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 well. Since we knew you were going to come up short. Um, we went and picked up a cake before we got here. No, yeah, that's we, a good we, cupcake. We, we knew, this, we knew you were going to fail. Cupcake. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. Yeah. Oh. So, Ed, on, on behalf of uh, NASA Edge, we'd like to offer you this uh, 40th anniversary cake and all the folks that worked on Apollo uh, during the days. And uh, I want to say thank you for everything uh, that you've accomplished in your time. And uh, what a wonderful uh, time period. That's beautiful. Really is, and I appreciate the time. <laughs> Happy anniversary. That's a pretty good cake, Franklin. Yeah. Not yeah, bad, you know. but I, I would not sell the cupcake short. I think I'm going to take this cake. <laughs> I'm going to take that <laughs> cake. Be careful when you well, cut can it. You, can you at least go get a knife? Yeah, yeah. And when you cut it, make that sure it's beautiful. Happy careful, 40th anniversary. Uh, there might be water ice underneath the uh, icing there. <laughs> you got to be careful. Everybody look this way. Happy 40th. Happy 40th. Yay. Happy 40th.